0: Welcome to the Testimony Podcast, people of faith telling the stories that matter from their lives. I'm your host, Andrew Chamberlain, and I'm delighted that you can join us for this conversation. You can subscribe to the Testimony Podcast on all of the major podcast distributors and follow us on Twitter at TestimonyCast and Instagram at TestimonyPodcast. Welcome to episode 21 of the Testimony Podcast. You know, I've been reminded a few times recently of two deep truths of the faith and how they're connected. The first of these is the deepest truth of all that God loves us, each of us, you and me, whoever we are, whatever our circumstances. God brings each of us into being before we are born. As the psalmist says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, woven in the depths of the earth. And his love extends to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, on the cross. It's a love that defies and overcomes sin guilt, shame, and all of the other burdens that the enemy wants to put on us. The second truth, which is connected to this, is God, our Saviour, our friend, our Lord, longs for us to trust him with our lives, with our wills, and with our hearts. He longs for us to submit to him even when things are difficult, perhaps especially when things are difficult, even when following his will seems to be taking us into some pretty scary places. It's a lesson that it'll take us a lifetime to learn, but it's a lesson well worth learning. So these truths of God's love and his trustworthiness play a significant role in this episode where my guest, Amanda Gray, tells us about the occasions when God has asked her and her family to trust him and trust him again and trust him again. But before we get into Amanda's story, this episode is sponsored by Publishers Storycraft Press and their novel, Urban Angel, written by me under the name A.J. Chamberlain. Urban Angel is a story of courage, redemption and spiritual warfare set in contemporary London. Here's a flavour of the story. One day, the church will be made perfect, but for now, she bears the scars of war. Alex Masters knows all about that war. For her, the journey to faith has been marked by grief and loneliness, but still she chooses to believe. Daisy is a child of the social media generation, lost in every belief and none. When tragedy strikes, she seeks out her cousin Alex because she knows that Alex understands what it is to face the darkness. They come together, believer and unbeliever, hunted by an enemy that will do whatever it takes to achieve its goal. Alone, Alex and Daisy would be defenceless, but this is not a struggle against flesh and blood and not every weapon is visible. Urban Angel by A.J. Chamberlain is available right now in ebook and paperback format from bookstores, amazon and all the major ebook platforms so back to this episode and my guest amanda gray and her testimony of how god's love and his trustworthiness can bless us in our lives i really enjoyed talking to amanda i hope you'll enjoy listening to what she has to say this is her story amanda welcome to the testimony podcast it's great to have you as our guest today
1: thank you so much for having me i appreciate it
0: um, I want to start uh, by giving you an opportunity just to talk to us a little bit about about you, your background, your upbringing, stuff like that. Can you tell us a little, just give us a little bit of context around that?
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Amanda Gray. I'm currently living in the United States, Northern Virginia area. I've been here with my husband for about 13 years and we have three children um and they are uh, a handful at times but we're learning and <laughs> we're we're growing as <laughs> as we go along so that's a little bit about me i haven't always been in the northern virginia area so i think we'll get into that a little bit more
0: i think i think we might do do you want to tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, and you know your childhood and some stuff like that then just briefly yeah. to start with and then we'll we'll probably expand on that a bit more as we go along
1: yeah, so I was born in California, and um, we moved from California when I was about seven uh, to live in Ohio. So my parents had both received job opportunities to move out of California, and they gladly accepted just because of the lower cost of living, they decided they wanted a big house. And obviously, Ohio has a lower cost of living and had the opportunity to go out there Um and they kind of jumped at it, even though it was a challenge for my mother, especially because all of her family was so close by and we would be so far away. Just the thought of having to travel again for four hours to go see grandma and grandpa was, uh, you know, on a flight with three kids. Mm. Difficult for them. My mom made that choice to go out there because of the opportunities that it would bring for the family. Sure, But it actually opens the door up to to being okay for what God had planned for us. next, sure. so That was a huge stepping stone in my mom's heart, trying to separate her a little bit more from her, um, from her box that she's constructed around safety. Right. <laughs> so I think God yeah. kind of does that to us. We put these little boxes around us to make us feel more safe, but God wants us to be okay with stepping outside the box because when we step outside the box, that's when we learn to trust in him.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, so staying in California was the safe space for your mom, really. But um, she, she moved, she moved. So, so your parents moved to Ohio. It sounds like you had two siblings. Is that right? Did you say? So I have an
1: older sister, um, two years older than I am, and a younger sister, about six years younger than me.
0: Okay. So you guys moved out to Ohio, and you were seven then. And what happened after that?
1: We lived in Ohio for about five years, and I don't know if you remember the Y2K incident where just across the globe, everyone was kind of freaking out about what the year 2000 was going to bring. The one thing that it did bring, it was a kind of a collapse in our economy, in the US at least, when the dot-com bubble kind of burst. Mm, and so mm. my dad and my mom both found themselves in uh, spring of 2001 um, trying to find jobs. And so they were they were both unemployed at the time. And they had the big realization that they had a house, they had bills, um, they had three children, um, all these things that they need to do with no income. And so they really had to rely on, well, where why would God do this to us? And this was mm. kind of the big question in their lives, in our lives. Why would God allow us to go through these really hard times if he says that he loves us and provides for us why would he why would he take all of the things that we knew would be safe away so yeah so that is that, a, a lot of
0: people ask that question of themselves don't they yes, it is a, they do. It's a popular question yeah yeah
1: and it kind of goes back to this well why is there struggling and why is there strife and hardship and pain in this world, if God is all knowing, and God is all loving, then why does he yeah. let us go through these things?
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I mean, it's a lifetime journey that I feel like we are always trying to find the answer to that. But we definitely were able to rely on him, rely on our family and friends, church friends, sure. um, to, to help us get through this really hard time. So at the end, long story short, the end of this, you know, six, seven month period where my parents were unemployed, my dad was given an opportunity to move overseas. And this location was the Republic of Georgia. Um, and at the time, it wasn't a very safe place to go. Uh, I think it's changed very much now, mm, but it mm. was only about five years since the, their their um, civil war and probably only 10 since the collapse of the, of the Soviet Union. So mm. they really weren't established that well themselves either economically, politically, um, socially, there were there were so many things that the country was struggling with. And to, then to throw an American family kind of into the mix um, just made it that much more interesting to see how God was going to help us get through that situation.
2: <laughs>
0: um, just, just for those people who may not know, some people might not have even heard of Georgia or just think, oh, it's isn't it a state in America or something, but it is actually a separate country. Can you tell us where Georgia is, just so people have got up some context for that?
1: Sure. So if you think of Turkey, because most people can think of, they know where Turkey is. If you go just east of Turkey, is the little country of Georgia. So it's sitting right between the Black and the Caspian Seas. Okay. It is just north of Iran and south of Russia mostly landlocked it on the it has a little bit of the coast next yeah. to the black sea but yes if you were if you were to look at the map and say okay well, here's a run and then you go north um there there's georgia's there
0: okay so you guys moved out to georgia i mean again we probably we'll probably explore this a little bit more pretty big culture shock for you and your siblings that's well pretty big culture shock for your family just briefly how long were you in georgia then as a family there
1: We were there for approximately three school years. We were there for a while. Wow. Okay. And And so, let let me back up a little bit. Yeah, sure. My dad he he loves languages, and so when he was in college, he took German and said, "Oh, this German is really easy. I'm not getting enough of a challenge. So let me take something interesting instead. Um, Let me take Russian." So this was kind of at the height of the Cold War and yeah. they offered Russian in college as like a, a secondary language. Um, and so he's like, all right, that's that looks difficult. Let me let me challenge myself. Let me try and see how how I do with learning some Russian. He loved it. And he took off and he was actually able to use it when he moved to Ohio, because at the time he was working with um, MCI telecommunications. And um, they had a call center where a lot of Russian language people, like, I, I think they were native Russians. They were living in the States. Um, they would call in and he would be offering these translation services, like not because that was his job, but just because he knew the language. Wow. And cool. Okay. And so he was always wanting to, he had a, a business administration background. He had a, a master's degree. And so he was always wanting to do some sort of, international relations, international business work. And it was kind of a dream job of his to go overseas and to be able to use his Russian language skills. And so when the opportunity came up, he was like, Oh, yes, this is a dream. I can this is an open door. God has just, you know, totally opened this door up for me. And then my mom was like, Oh, no, we are not doing this again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, if, if going from California to Ohio, Ohio was a bit of a big deal for your mom, what was going to Georgia like? How did she deal with
2: that?
1: Yeah, she was totally opposed to it. Totally opposed to it. I mean, when you think about moving, moving the family away from grandma and grandpa and all your family and all your pre-established friends and everything. That was very difficult. But to move everyone again, five years later, completely out of the country where that you knew that they didn't speak English, they didn't have the same quality of life that we had had. Um, we didn't know what kind of school we were. There were so many unknowns. And she was just like, I really don't like this. Um, but I, I think there was a series of sermons that she had listened to um, that I think she had she had gone to church on Sunday and the pastor that was preaching really touched her heart. Mm. And I can't remember what it was. um, The topic was, but something about it said, okay, even if I feel uncomfortable, God has got this covered. And if this is where he wants us to go, he's going to make it a reality. Um, And so being able to step outside of that, box that we've talked about before mm. that was her like okay I'm gonna let go and let God
2: sure
0: I mean that sounds like the advanced version of let go and let God really it's one thing to move across the country but to move different continent different language different culture just complete well
1: yeah so when I when we went to Georgia, it was this huge culture shock, right? So yeah. we weren't really plugged in with any of the other international community. Um, we didn't really have um, the connection, connection within the local, like, because we couldn't speak the language. So it was very difficult. It was a very difficult time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first six months or so, we were completely isolated from really everyone else. And it was very, very hard, but we, we learned to rely on our faith and our family within that time. So we would we would be doing things like playing card games up until the, you know, um, we'd play card games. Just, oh, they, would, they would be so much fun. Um, <laughs> but the power would be out. So we would have the land, like a lantern, and we'd be playing card games with a lantern because we didn't always have electricity. It was a very yeah. poor country. And at the time... Um, They were struggling like we couldn't have the the power grid, couldn't support everyone um, having their electricity on all the time. But we learned to rely on each other. And something interesting that has happened back in 2020, when all this COVID stuff happened and all the lockdowns happened, um, my kids were out of school. We were home. We wouldn't Mm. go anywhere. It reminded Mm. me of that time that we were in Georgia. Yeah. And what did we have in Georgia? We had, we had our family, we had our faith. And it just reminded me like of all of these things that I felt in Georgia, like, I want my kids to look back at 2020 as the year that we had the best family time, because we spent the most amount of time together.
0: Yeah. Okay, so an interesting life. So I'm I'm looking forward to asking you the question, really, which is, can you tell us, a couple of examples maybe of where you feel like Jesus has really been a companion to you and really really been with you, good times or bad, either one.
1: So I've I've had a lot of interesting life experiences, I wanna say, um, maybe more so than any average American, because not many Americans will go and live outside of the country, may not have even visited outside of their own home state. Mm. Um yeah. <laughs> maybe gone to the beach or whatnot. But I mean, our country is so vast, there are even cultural differences. Like if you go to the north or to the south, there there's a big difference.
2: Sure.
1: Um, but I, I really get to know, I've really got to know Jesus as my own personal savior, because of just how I understand relationships, and what has happened to me to understand that God loves me unconditionally regardless of what I have done, that has drawn me closer to him. And let me let me give you an example. Mm, um,
2: too, yeah.
1: So when I was 14, I had a bad experience with um, a, a boy. who was about two years older than I was, and he was very manipulative and controlling. And he basically led me to do things that I normally wouldn't want to do on my own. But I thought, well, this is what we're supposed to do when we love each other. And so as a 14-year-old thinking I have to make these adult decisions or I have to choose to do something because uh, out of love, um, I didn't understand what the true meaning of love was. Hmm. And so when that relationship ended, I felt a lot of blame. I blamed myself. I felt a lot of shame. Um, I felt a lot of um, – I, I, I like had this self-loathing feeling. And it wasn't until I watched a, a sermon by Louis Giglio um, in two thousand eight or nine, and it was it talked about how God created this vast universe, and it talked about like if the Earth is the size of a golf ball, then the Sun is the size of like um, the Earth, right? It, he he gave it in kind of into a perspective that yeah. this God that we love, this God that created the universe actually came down to this tiny little speck because he loves you so very much. And that's when it really hit me and say, how can God love someone who is just so bent on doing evil and doing bad things? And it really got to my heart. It's like, God loves me that he would die for me. No one else, no one else would could ever say that they could do that that they love me so much that they would die for me. And that's kind of as an adult, I was like 21, 22 when I first heard that sermon okay. and it really hit me that this God that I say that I love actually wants to have a personal relationship with me. Mm. And mm. that was really the the change in my heart that like I knew that God was alive and working in my life. Mm.
0: Mm. so it sounds as if you were perhaps carrying a lot of shame and and you know maybe misplaced guilt or whatever for six or seven years then you'd had to carry that around and and kind of cope with it before you had this sense of release yeah wow okay okay is there are there you said you've had some interesting experiences in, in your life can you give us one or two other examples
1: Sure. So, you know, I, I think of, I think of God as kind of this, but like, it's intangible, like Jesus, you can, you can see, you can, you can understand how Jesus is, right. He was here as a human as, um, you know, on this earth, he walked mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. taught, but God is the, God, the father, I, I have a hard time trying to understand God, the father because he's not in this like person like Jesus is.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: I had this interesting experience once in Washington, D.C. And it really it really gave me an understanding of how, yes, God can be this God of the universe, but also he can be in the here and now and he can help you even in the tiny little things. So I wanted to kind of give you a a funny, interesting story. So I don't know if you've been in the Washington, D.C. area at all, um, but traffic here is the worst the i think la maybe la is probably pretty bad but traffic in washington dc during rush hour is the worst everyone's trying to get in or out of the city and it doesn't matter like there's just traffic jams everywhere and then there's construction um there's an ongoing list i mean it, it, you're always stuck in traffic no matter what time of day so I had to go into DC because I had to go and drop off a, a memory card with some pictures on it or something for my job. So I drove into DC thinking, I'll find parking. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it was during a time that there was construction, there's traffic, it's really difficult to find some parking. And um I was on my way, I was praying, I was like, Lord, please help me find parking. I I I know that This is a very small ask that the God of the universe would help me find something is very silly, but could you please help me find parking? Mm. And I tell you, a block away, I was able to find metered parking on the street uh, from, from my location, which is just so unheard of. And then I realized, I said, great. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful for this meter <laughs> parking. That's a block away. Thank you. And then I go through my wallet and I'm like, Oh, I only have a quarter, which is 25 cents. And that will probably only buy you 20 minutes, maybe 20 or 30 minutes worth of time on the meter. So here I am praying again. I said, God, please help this quarter. Give me enough time to go in, drop my memory card off and come back. And so I put it into the, into the, uh, into the meter, run in, I come back. There's one minute left on, <laughs> on the meter. And I was just like, God, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I can't believe that I was able to make it in time. And so one other, I had to go, stop at one other place. And I was like, all right, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm I have to find parking again. I don't have any. I just used my last quarter uh, on this on that last meter. I don't know where I'm gonna go. And as I'm passing my location, I hear that little voice inside of my head point out and say, park there. Now I know we, we drive on the right side of the street over there, you probably drive on the left, right?
2: That's right. Yes, yes.
1: So I'm coming down on the right side of the street as I'm driving down, but the parking space was on the left side of the street. So I would have to go all the way down to the Pennsylvania Avenue, make a U-turn and come all the way back up. And I, I was arguing the, with the Lord. I was arguing with that voice in my, <laughs> inside my head. I said, Lord, you want me to park there? That's on the other side of the street. I have to flip a U. It's not going to be available when I come back. He said, trust me, park there. And so I was like, all right, I'll be obedient. I'm going to listen to this voice inside Mm -hmm. my head telling me, okay, this is where I'm supposed to park. I go down the street, Pennsylvania Avenue, make a U-turn, and I come back, and sure enough, it's still available. And I pull in, and – I'm like, all right, Lord, you told me where to park, but it still doesn't solve the issue of me not having any quarters. I don't have any change that I can put into the meter. And he said, trust me, go out to the meter. And so I was like, Lord, I'm just so confused. Why would you tell me to do this? And I come out and there's 45 minutes left on the meter. Someone had overpaid. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. For God, the God of the universe, the God that created the sun and the stars and all these billions of stars just come out of his mouth, for him to care enough to give me that thought, to give me that hope, to put, to tell me that the, this is where I want you to go, it was so real to me. Now, I know that God doesn't do this all the time. This was mm. kind of an, an interesting experience that I mm. had. But it was a a chance for me to say, okay, if I have faith in the little things, I can then now have
2: faith in mm. the larger things. Mm. Mm. Oh,
0: that's, I mean, those are the, in, those two things that you've talked about are kind of, in some ways, linked in my mind, in that we've got that sense of actually God cares so much about you that. Um, that like any, or anybody listening to this, God does not want you to feel guilty, ashamed, whatever. He is in the business of picking out an, individ, an individual person and saying, I want to make you whole and, and cleanse you. And, he, and as you say, these things don't always happen. Um, you know, that that kind of your your amazing parking technique in Washington D.C. probably won't work every time if you drive in there. But, but on that occasion, it did. Yeah. Are there any other instances or any other um, occasions where you've you felt like maybe you really needed to rely on, on God in your life?
1: I think there are several things, and and I think especially during COVID, um, yeah. just understanding, well, God, how can I see the the good in what has happened to this world? I mean. Millions of people have died because of this terrible disease. And just understanding the impact on my local family has, is showing me that God, God cares for the individual and he cares for the, his people. And I know that it's, it's hard to look at COVID and think, wow, how could anything good come out of that? But there are so many good things that can come out of terrible situations. Let me give you an example. Mm. Um, Our church started, did this shutdown. And we were like, well, what do we do? How do we do our classes online? How do we live stream our services? And we decided to go to this Zoom. So we had our church service all on um, live stream. But in the morning time, we had our classes over Zoom. So everybody met together on Zoom. Mm. And we had these guest speakers come and talk to the entire um, children's ministries, like all the classes. And we brought people in from California. We had a missionary from Philippines and they all came and they started talking to us about like their lives. And we would never have been able to have that opportunity to um, hear from other people had it not been that the entire church was on Zoom in the morning um and it was just an amazing blessing for us to see how God is working and moving through even through the pandemic mm. um that he has not left us and it, it 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 it's real it's real to the person it's real to the uh, to the individual and i know i i've had my struggles um with just feeling loved or or feeling my own self-worth and Hmm. and seeing that through these little things that he cares about um, us it it makes me understand how how much he loves and cares specifically for me and i'm trying to i'm trying to share that like with my kids i'm trying to bring them up in this uh strange time that we're living in with this this worldwide pandemic it's like how can we care and love other people and show that um jesus is the one the, the reason why we want to show love for other people um so i think this is all just a learning experience for the entire family as well
0: yeah it's it's as you said i mean it's a massive thing the uh covid and in a way i can't really imagine how what it's like for for younger children i don't know how old your kids are but children growing up and that their education's been disrupted and there's been a lot of upheaval and they haven't been able to they probably haven't had the social contact a lot of children in the world that they would normally have while all this is going on so it has been pretty tough for them hasn't
1: it yeah it has i mean yeah So my kids are eight um six and four Um, So they like last year, they had to go to virtual schooling, which was very, very difficult for them. Um, And just having that the social aspect of their lives completely impacted as well was very Mm -hmm. difficult for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I I remembered all those silly times that we lived in Georgia and how I remember those were the closest times that we Mm -hmm. spent as a family thinking back. I want them to think of this terrible pandemic and remember all of the family, family memories Mm. that we created while we were shut down. Um, Thankfully, we we were sending our kids to a um, private Christian school where we live and they were in person this past fall. So and they're planning on doing even in person schooling as well. So, I mean, we were blessed because we made that choice to have to invest in Christian education. Sure. Um, they yeah. were able to have the in-person classes.
0: Yeah, that was good. It sounds as well as if, like, some of the things that you learned as a as a child, or as a young person when you were in Georgia, and some of the experiences you had in your family, equipped you to help. Now that you're a parent, now that you're a mum with 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 your guys, and you know that some of the things you learned while you were, the lantern was on and the electricity was off and all that kind of stuff, you were kind of able to kind of. Help create that little community at home amongst your family.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we we didn't have a lot in Georgia, um, especially being unplugged from other people socially. Um, We didn't have the internet at our fingertips. Um, We didn't speak the language, so it was really difficult to make friends that are living outside of our own little. You know, we didn't we didn't speak Georgian or Russian. My dad, he was different. He knew Russian, so. He could get us around the town so we yeah. totally relied on him. but yes, I had to rely completely on family and it's funny how you go through life and you think back of when you were a child and how it impacts like the way that you parent or the way that you are as, mm. a, as a husband mm. or a wife. Mm. Um, all of these things are, are really linked back to, to your childhood experiences and mm. I, I do want to say that even even if you have terrible childhood experiences, you can still look back on this, on those terrible childhood experiences and learn from them, you can learn something from them.
0: Mm. Well, so, I think your your experience also, I would say, teaches us that um, when there are things that have happened which have been harmful, that you can come to God and he does care and he will bring you through it. And that's not to, that's not to make light of some of the, the impact of some of the terrible things that happen to people. But that actually, our starting point with God is that He does care about us, and He yeah. d- we are precious to Him, and He does want us to be clean and whole and restored.
2: Yeah, I have
0: right.
1: a I have a section that's really kind of it it not theological in my in my book that I, I wrote a memoir of our time living in Georgia, hmm. but there is a section in there that does talk about well if God is all knowing and all loving and cares about me, then why would he let me go through these bad experiences? Mm. And it's not that he's letting you go through them. It's it's more so along the lines of we live in this sinful world, and these are the results of living in a sinful world. And we can, it depends on how we choose to allow it to control our lives um, but he still loves us and see, he still protects us and, and gives us grace through those mm. times as well. Mm. Yeah. And it gives us a contrast to say, okay, well, this is the evil one. This is the evil one that wants to inflict pain and shame and guilt upon us because he knows he is the the ruler of all the guilt and the shame and the pain and the lying. And he wants to put that on us, but God, His character is completely opposite of that. He wants to love us. He wants to be there for us. He wants to be our friend. He wants to comfort us. All of these things contrast what the evil one wants for us. So even though we may be going through these terrible things, we can see fully the character of the evil one and contrast that to God's character.
2: Mm.
1: He's always been there. And I don't know. Um I've always kind of struggled with my own self-worth and and my own self-love and
2: mm. every
1: time I feel at my lowest point I I recall some of the the hymns that my parents would my mom specifically would sing um when we were in Georgia because we didn't have a home church so funny thing was she brought a binder of all of her worship songs from when she was in on the worship team in Ohio. And she brought that with us to Georgia
2: mm-hmm. and we
1: didn't have the music. We just acapella singed off song off acapella. Yeah. But when I'm at, when I'm in these dark places in my life, I think of that. I think back to all of those songs that we used to sing as a child mm-hmm. um, and how they got us through that hard time. So that it would help me get through my the hardship that I'm going through here.
0: Yeah, I, I can't
1: think of any particular instances, but I I just I always know that he's there, right?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a there's a Bible verse I can't remember where it is exactly where it says God inhabits the praises of His people. So I can I can believe I think God God can come when you know group little group of people singing some songs, singing some worship songs he's going to be there in that he's yeah. going to be manifesting that which is great
2: absolutely yeah
0: okay so if people want to find out a little bit more about you you've mentioned that you wrote a book your memoir from your time in Georgia so how can people find that and how can people find out a little bit more about you
1: so I did. My memoir is called Glimpses of Grace in Georgia, and it goes into kind of the more of the details of of what our Georgian experience was like and how we found God's grace in those situations and uh, very personal stories of, of God and how he's protected us and brought us through those very trying times. Um, so if you're in the United States, um, you can find it in, on Amazon. Actually, I think it's on um, Amazon. Um, in the UK as well,
0: it'll, it'll be on, it'll be wherever Amazon is. If it's on Amazon in the States, it'll be wherever, it, yeah. wherever Amazon manifests itself. So, you know, yeah. uh, the UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, India, wherever.
1: So you can find, you can find my book on Amazon. Okay. If, you, if you Google, or if you search for, um, glimpses of grace in Georgia, um, or search for my name, it will pop up. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: It's also on Barnes & Noble.
0: Okay.
2: Barnes & Noble Bookstores.
0: Okay, that's great. All right, Amanda, thank you very much for your time. It's been good to talk to you and good to hear hear those encouraging stories from you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to the Testimony Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all of the major podcast distributors and also follow us on Twitter at TestimonyCast. If you want to find out more about the Christian faith and connect with someone to talk about your experiences or answer your questions, just go to www.christianity.org.uk from wherever you are in the world. You can also contact us by email at thetestimonycast at gmail.com. That's thetestimonycast at gmail.com. I look forward to sharing more of the stories that matter from people of faith with you soon. Until then, thank you for listening and God bless you.